This article is from thetruthseeker.co.uk. Conservatives are being targeted by a complex fourth-gen warfare campaign. The reason why con games are often so effective is because victims of a con tend to believe themselves far too smart to ever fall for such schemes. A con game uses people's intelligence or assumption of intelligence against them, even after they they find out they have been lied to and tricked. These same people sometimes never report the crime. Their ego simply, simply won't allow them to admit they were played. And the con man escapes without fear of punishment. Another powerful element of a con game is that it almost always offers people something they desperately want. An effective grifter or con man will identify the target's weak point, the thing desired more than anything else, and then uses the false promise of that thing to get the market to trade a treasure that is le- legitimately valuable. The con man finds something the victim wants so badly, the person would be willing to ignore all facts and logic, and logic just for the chance of obtaining it. The victim does half the con man's work for him. I mention the concept of con games because it is the best way of describing what fourth gen warfare is. Many people wrongfully, wrongly accuse, assume that fourth gen warfare is merely the use of false flag attacks or propaganda. That's not quite accurate. The goal of an enemy using fourth gen warfare is to take a target group or population and then con them into destroying themselves so the enemy doesn't have to go through the messy and perhaps very dangerous process of fighting the population directly. The tactic is not just about divide and conquer. That's only one small part of fourth gen. It's not only about causing internal strife or civil wars. It's about tricking a group into tarnishing their own public image, tricking them into taking hypocritical actions, tricking them into abandoning their defining principles, and tricking them into following leadership that is under control so he or she can lead them to ruin. As a reference point, I recommend studying a military paper called From PSYOPs to Mind War, written by General Paul Vallely and Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino, a self-professed Satanist. This will help people to understand the devious depths that the elites will sink to in order to influence the population into self-destruction or self-enslavement. Hilariously, Aquino's attempt to meditate, meditate, mitigate the public reaction to mind war, once it was exposed, was to argue essentially that mind control of the population and the corruption of how they gather information was a much better strategy than open warfare and subjugation because then no one would be killed and the public would be blissfully ignorant of their loss of freedom. Yes, the Satanists are so benevolent and soft-hearted that way. The global elites, a group of people with extensive influence in politics, the banking sector and the corporate underbelly are hell-bent on creating a single world economy system, a single world currency, and a one world government. The most important goal of the globalist agenda is that they not only want a one world system, one, a, one world, a new world order, but they want the population to eventually accept that system as necessary. The globalist ideal scenario is tricking the majority of people into asking for total centralization. If for not to enter into open warfare with the public, if they can avoid it. It probably because 
probably because they know they would lose. They use 4th gen warfare on a regular basis to pursue these goals and target almost every group of people in a way or another. That said, they surely realize that there are some groups that are never going to go along with global centralization and that those groups will inevitably resist. Akino's delusional fantasy of a bloodless coup against the population ignores history. Rebellion by groups of aware individuals is assured. These are the groups that the globalists would try to eliminate. First, by undermining their public image and making them into monsters in the eyes of the rest of the world, then through combat if necessary. Liberty-minded conservatives, as opposed to statists, they call themselves Republicans and sovereignty activists represent the largest single threat on earth to the globalist agenda. In the U.S., they have the resources and enough social influence to mount resistance. And using proper asymmetric tactics, they could even remove globalists from power once and for all. And while conservatives might be viewed as the hardest target for a fourth gen con game, in some ways they are unfortunately very easy to attack. I witnessed this firsthand after 9-11, when many conservatives fed a well-crafted but fabricated CIA narrative of Taliban and Iraqi collusion with Al-Qaeda, immediately flocked to support elitist President George W. Bush. They abandoned their principles of small government and limited foreign intervention, enjoying the, for- the fervor and madness of a war fever. And the consequences have not subsided in well over 18 years. They were expertly conned and did not realize their mistake for about a decade. By then, it was too late. This time around, I see a massive effort on multiple levels to cripple conservatives with fourth-gen warfare. The objective is clear. Get conservatives to attack themselves to the economic crisis that's currently developing and allow them to destroy themselves in the process. Let's take a look at the most prominent lies conservatives are being fed today and why these lies are dangerous. Lie number one, Donald Trump is on our side and is fighting the globalist. The most important key to the globalist fortune attack on conservatives is that they believe beyond all evidence or logical or logic that Donald Trump is on their side and is fighting for them. Before the 2016 election, I was uncertain if Trump was controlled opposition, but I knew that he would be allowed into offense. Based on the dynamic he provided for the globalist, the everything bubble was starting to falter and the globalist intended to crash it. But they needed a a scapegoat to take the fall, and that scapegoat would have to be conservative. Or he had to at least pretend to be conservative. What I wasn't sure of at that time, at the time, was if Trump was a willing puppet of the elites or an unwitting target. After three years of Trump's administration, I'm certain now he is a puppet. I've outlined in evidence this conclusion in numerous articles, including Trump is a piped piper for the New World Order agenda. Trump's long-standing relationship with the Rothschild through bank agents, banking agents like Wilbur Ross, cannot be ignored. Needless to say, Trump never allowed, followed through on his campaign promise to drain the swamp and has saturated his cabinet with CFR members and banking elites. He has also recently introduced the threat of laws, which represent backdoor confiscation and pre-crime denial of Second Amendment rights, much like a no-fly list for gun, op- for gun purchases. 
This means you could have a gun purchase denied by the ATF for reasons you will never be allowed to know and will never be allowed to appeal. I've also heard through the grapevine that once the U.S. Senate returns from summer recess on Monday, September 9th, that they plan to fast-track such laws and that Senate Republicans are rolling over and supporting the effort we shall see. Not only does this tell me that Trump is not a constitutional president on the side of conservatives, it also tells me that Trump is likely not slated to be president after 2020. Trump's job is to play the role of the bumbling villain, to give Democrats and leftists something to rage about, to make the Federal Reserve and the banking elites look like the good guys, and to lure conservatives into denying reality on the economic crisis until it is too late. Line number two. The recession is media propaganda and the economy is in good shape. There is very aggressive PSYOP, which I have been... There's a very aggressive PSYOP, which I have been implant, implemented all over the alternative media and in Liberty Movement form, forums lately. Consider this. The mainstream media denied the economy was in dire straits straits for years and ignored declining fundamentals and all evidence that there was no recovery. Liberty groups have been warning the public about disaster that was boiling over under the surface while the media called us conspiracy theorists. Now, suddenly media agrees with us, at least and that a recession and economic crisis is imminent. But because the media is pushing the narrative that it's all Trump's fault, many conservatives are stupidly falling for the reverse psychology and con game and refusing to admit that a crash is happening. Let's be clear. Just because the mainstream media says a recession is coming does not mean it's not true. The evidence is overwhelming. From the yield curve inversion, which is 100% historically accurate, predicting recession, to falling new home sales and home building contracts, to faltering auto sales, which car companies are trying to combat by raising prices, to crumbling manufacturing PMI, to declines in freight and shipping, as well as thousands upon thousands of retail store closures, etc. There is no sector of the U.S. economy that is not trending negative over the past year. The only indicators that show strength are regular indicators, including GDP, GDP, unemployment, and the stock market. These are the same indicators that fooled the public into thinking all was well right before the crash of 2008. Bottom line, the economy is in swift decline. Most indicators show this. It is undeniable anyone who says otherwise is either willfully ignorant or or has an agenda of their own. I believe there is a well-organized and directed propaganda push in the past few months designed to trick conservatives into denying that a recession is happening. Trump has insistently attached, attached himself and his administration to the market bubble, making him an obvious scapegoat when it all comes crashing down. But the globalists also need these conservative supporters, conservative supporters to, blame, to take the blame as well. <clears throat> the more conservatives deny the value of the crash, the more culpable and the more crazy appear as the crash progresses. Line number three. Trump is secretly battling the bankers and bringing another system from within. I see it all the time. The line that Trump is a secret agent for the liberty movement and that he's going to take down the bank control grid and the Federal Reserve. Not only this, but once he takes it all down, a new and beautiful sound money utopia will be instituted. 
21 with a sense of reality. This sounds insane. But I will say from my observations that 25% of the liberty movement actually believes it. First, to believe this acquires people to ignore certain facts. For example, the Trump cult often argues that because he has publicly attacked the Fed, this means he's exposing them to taking the blame for the crash they created. So to reiterate, there are people within the movement who claim the recession threat is fake, while there are others who claim the crash is happening and it's a good thing. Both of these groups are wrong. If Trump was trying to expose the Fed as a perpetrator of the crash, then why would he consistently take credit for the market bubble, as well as the fraudulent GDP and unemployment numbers? They're the same stats Trump argued were fake during his election campaign. Instead of setting the Fed up for a fall, he has only set himself, set up himself up for a fall. And remember, more than half of the U.S., most of the world sits on the left end of the political spectrum. Many of them are ardent socialists. The only people that still that will be willing that will be blaming the Federal Reserve and central bankers banks after crash will be a minority of conservatives. And if we continue to defend Trump, a controlled puppet who is intent on embracing the bubble, then who will listen to us in the end? I'm also seeing a shift in Trump's behavior lately with border which borders on un- unstable. I think this is merely an act, part of his role in the Golden Screenplay as an increasingly unpredictable and dangerous political opportunist. I'll set aside his chosen one comment to the press as being sarcasm, but what about his proclamation ordering U.S. corporations out of China to require declaration of a state emergency or declaration of war? In his recent claims of reopened trade talks with China, of which there is no evidence so far to support. This may seem bizarre, but I'm reminded that Trump has a history in theatrics. It is my belief that Trump is acting more and more erratic on purpose, and it only serves the globalist agenda, not the liberty movement. Line number four, China is the enemy we should be focused on. Set aside the fact that America's elites and China's elites are globalist in rhetoric and policy and work toward the same goal of one world monetary system and one world government. <laughs> the trade war is not all w- at all what it seems. Many conservatives have been so bamboozled by, war tr- by trade war hype and patriotic fervor that it's as if they have forgotten all about the primary threat, the global elites. The trade war has achieved absolutely nothing in terms of forwarding U.S. interests or America's economy. Even the main argument for the trade war, shrinking the trade deficit, has failed as the deficit continues to expand. The only thing that trade war has achieved is a perfect distraction for the public as central bankers like, like the Fed to maintain tight liquidity conditions in an effort of deliberately deflate the everything bubble. If Trump was trying to bring down the banking syndicate, and expose the Fed, then he should not have purchased a trade war at this time, pursued a trade war at this time. I would note once again that every time the Fed makes a policy announcement that goes against what the investment world wants and causes the market downturn, Trump makes a trade war announcement which takes all attention away from the central bank. Lately, Trump barely waits on an hour before taking his actions. How exactly does this hurt the central bankers and the globalists? The answer is that it doesn't. 
Whether or not trade conditions with China are unfair is irrelevant. <clears throat> the co conflict is taking all attention away from central banks and international banks and the economic crisis they have been fostering for over 10 years. If Trump was actually anti-globalist, then he would have th targeted globalist institutions first and set aside the China issue for later. As it stands, <clears throat> even if Trump ended the trade war tomorrow, it doesn't matter. He could still be blamed for triggering, triggering a crash in fundamentals. And for those that argue Trump's war moves are meant to force the Fed to start issuing more QE and save stocks, I can point out the Fed has no intention of doing this, and they made that clear in July and at Jackson Hole. <clears throat> and if it were actually the case that Trump is trying to force the Fed into a corner, then the strategy is a poor one. All the Fed has to do is sit and wait, allow markets to tank until Trump is out of office after the 2020 elections. Same goes for China and the trade war. There is no incentive for them to cap, cap, capitulate to Trump for the next year. But this is all an academic discussion because Trump is not working against the globalists. He's working for them. Line number five. An inflationary or inflationary crash will be good for the public. This is perhaps the most absurd disinformation argument I've been seeing lately. And I think it is meant to appeal to Trump supporters who are realizing that a crash is indeed taking place and Trump is playing a part in the downturn. In order to reconcile this reality with their desperate need to believe that Trump is a hero, on a white horse coming to save them, they buy into the idea that Trump is actually crashing everything on purpose to undermine the banking elites. They argue that, they, that by bringing down the, the dollar or the Fed, Trump is setting the stage for a new U.S. monetary system. They also argued that an inflationary, inflationary crash would erase all debts, and this lay will be wiped clean in some kind of jubilee. Unfortunately, this is not going to happen. First, in every single inflationary or stagflationary crash in history, the public suffered a decade or more of poverty, starvation, sometimes civil war, and sometimes the breakup of their nation. There is no joy to be found in economic collapse. Second, debt jubilees are rare. <clears throat> what is more likely to happen is that debts will be adjusted to match monetary inflation. This is what happened during the hyperinflationary crisis in Weimar. Germany and has happened during many other inflationary crash events. Also, deaths are generally not erased. Instead, the deaths are reinstated once a new monetary system is established. Third, the Fed is not the core of globalist power. The Fed is nothing more than a branch of the franchise. Jerome Powell manages the most popular McDonald's outlet in the chain, but he's not the CEO. He takes his orders from people above, just as Trump does. The real basic power for the globalists is in their international institutions, like the IMF, the BIS, and the UN, the UN and World Bank. It is also in their think tanks and working groups, like Bilderberg, or the World Government <coughs> Summit, which is held annually in the United Arab Emirates. In his compromise of corporates and political leaders from around the globe, devising strategies to build a one-world government. But hey, there's no organized conspiracy for world government, right? The leads are just openly talk, talk about it at summits on world, on world governments. Fourth, the crash is far more beneficial to the globalists than people seem to realize. 
They want to bring down the old system, and with it the concept of borders, nations, and decentralized economies. They openly plan to install a new global monetary system, a cashless society, and eventually global government. In order to do this, they need a catastrophe large enough to cause the public to step through a new world order. They aren't afraid of a crash, they have been engineering one. The most vital pieces in this puzzle are the liberty movement and sovereignty champions. If we remain skeptical, skeptical of the Trojan horses like Trump that are handed to us and critical when the president and other supposed leaders take actions which are irrational or unconstitutional, then we can more easily argue that we had nothing to do with disasters, like the financial implosion that followed. We can maintain monument for the liberty movement and gather more people to our side instead of losing people due to a tarnished image. No one, man, no one man encompasses the fight for freedom. No one man owns that. It belongs to us all. There will be people who will argue that this all conjecture and theory, this is all conjecture and theory, but they would have to ignore the mountain of evidence to the contrary. They will say that the media hates Trump and so do the globalists, but they won't be able to come up with a rational explanation as to why Trump is so insistent on surrounding himself with those same globalist elites. Or why his action constantly provide cover for the crisis the elites have set in motion. <clears throat> People who push the narrative that Trump is a secret agent fighting a Game of Thrones war against the globalists are only hurting themselves and other sovereignty proponents. The more cognitive dissonance they spread in the name of defending Trump, the more unhinged they will seem when fantasy falls apart. This is exactly what the elites want. Uh-huh. <clears throat>